You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. We have a chance to ride out this Omicron wave without shutting down our country once again. You have sat there too long for all the good you have done. In the name of God, go. We need to recognize that Russia is now calling the shots here. Mad in their sleaze with a divided party. A prime minister losing the support of his backbenchers and governing shambolically. Hello, you're listening to Bloomberg Westminster, your daily guide to British politics. I'm Caroline Hepke. Now, coming up on today's programme, I'll be speaking to Dan Poulter, Conservative MP for Central Suffolk and North Ipswich, and also to the Scottish National Party MP, David Linden. So another week, another tense Prime Minister's questions for Boris Johnson. He is facing the Commons as the will-they-won't-they surrounding Sue Gray's report continues. It seems Tory MPs are holding fire on ousting their leader for now, as Partygate gets investigated by the police. The criminal probe will take longer than the civil service report, perhaps providing some respite before the letters pour in. The Foreign Secretary, Liz Truss, has been doing the rounds. She's she tells Sky she backs Johnson. The Prime Minister has appeared before Parliament. He has apologised uh, for what has happened. He's admitted that mistakes were made, and I 100% support him. But Truss also told the BBC of parting in Downing Street uh, and the reports about it as being clearly concerning, and there needs to be a change in culture. Speaking of trust, she and her US counterpart have also agreed to urge Russia to de-escalate tensions over Ukraine. And President Joe Biden saying that the United States could personally sanction Vladimir Putin if he orders an invasion of the country, something that Moscow has always said they would not do. Joining us now on today's top news stories, Dr Dan Poulter, Conservative MP for Central Suffolk and North Ipswich, also a hospital doctor. Dan, good to have you on the programme today. It's a very, very serious moment for the Conservative Party. Is there not an argument that the government should have just told the truth about these gatherings and parties right from the start? Well, as you have said, I, I work on the front line of the NHS and I have done throughout the pandemic, in addition to my role as being uh, an MP. And I've seen people who've lost their lives from COVID who would otherwise be here today. So I'm uh, just as dismayed as uh, uh, everyone else has been to see these uh, stories emerging one after another about the conduct uh, of uh, people on uh, Whitehall and indeed in 10 Downing Street. And uh, uh, as, as you uh, mentioned, the Prime Minister's own conduct has been brought into question. Um, so we now have uh, a report by Sue Gray. We now also have a, a, a criminal inquiry by the Met Police. I'm expecting the Sue Gray report 
today. Um, I hope that that is the case and it isn't delayed any further than that. Um, and when that report comes out, I'll be able to take uh, a, a view. Um, and, uh, you know, it, but I think it's very unlikely mm. um, that we're going to see the Prime Minister given a, a clean bill of health. From my perspective, um, if uh, we see that the report indicates that he has deliberately misled Parliament, you know, he's been willfully engaged in uh, breaching or breaking um, the COVID rules, or indeed if we see in the future um, criminal um, uh, or, or police sanction being taken against him, I, I, my, my view would be that his position would be untenable. OK, so it's a question of time in that case. Perhaps the Met investigation is extraordinary. It was a thunderclap across Westminster yesterday. A criminal probe possibly involving a sitting prime minister. If you're dismayed, what is your reading of the mood across the rest of your colleagues in the parliamentary party? Um, undoubtedly, I, I would, I would uh, suspect that it, you know, from the colleagues I've spoken to, their view mirrors that of many other people in the country. That uh, uh, this is uh, you know, that, that we all believe in, uh, in maintaining integrity um, and in public life. We also believe at a time when you know a lot of people have made sacrifices. That if you're setting the rules um, to do with conduct during the COVID pandemic, um, you uh, need to follow them. You can't be a rule maker and uh, a rule breaker. Um, but there is a process now in place that's going to examine the claims and counterclaims during all of this. We know the end result of that very soon. Um, many of us may have already come to a conclusion about what we think that report is going to say. Um, but let's let's wait for that for the next few hours um, and, uh, and then take a view. More than 85,000 fixed penalty notices were issued to people who broke COVID rules during the lockdowns and the long period since March 2020 in this pandemic. Fined up to £10,000 for breaking those rules. Should that be wiped out, reconsidered, fighting those in court, even if you feel like it's been wrongly given to you, a fixed, uh, fixed penalty notice, is extraordinarily difficult? No, I, I, it is, and the general approach the police um, have uh, uh, taken uh, has historically been to uh, look at the offence. Uh, very often, initially, the approach that would be taken would be to offer a warning or to uh, move people on if they were congregating uh, in a way that was uh, against the rules, rather than immediately slapping down a penalty notice unless there was a, a, a clearly a, a flagrant, a flagrant uh, breach of the rules that appeared to be an open and shut case. Um, so it could be that it, it might be an expensive few, uh, expensive time for some of those who uh, uh, are being now looked into in Whitehall and in Number 10. OK, an expensive time. But can the rest of the party avoid some... Uh, you know, que big question marks around integrity. I and mean, it's not just the Prime Minister, and it surely can't be Allegra Stratton alone who loses her job if all of this is proved, as you say. Um, the integrity of the party is, is, is surely in doubt if there were so many parties involving so many individuals. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think it's... I mean, if you think of the vast majority of the Conservative Party are not in uh, high government office, the vast majority of cabinet ministers are not being called into, their conduct is not being called into question here. What is being called into question, in fact, probably more so than political appointees, is the conduct of some, of some very senior civil servants in Whitehall. Um, so it, it, I think this, this, is, this is not a, an issue that is a, a Conservative Party issue. There will be people in the Labour Party or the 
Scottish nationalists um, who we know have broken the rules. I think there was a, a case of a Scottish nationalist MP, um, uh, a case being brought one against one in Scotland at the moment for you know for, for apparently um, uh, knowingly. Um, being infected with COVID and, and, and travelling, I think that's, been, that, that's now being looked into by the courts. So it's not a party political issue. Um, it's uh, the, the broader issue, though, for me is um, whilst we are mired in allegation after allegation, and you know a lot of these you know are not allegations. There's an admission that something mm. um, has taken place, something something has, has occurred, and, and there's an admission of fact um, that a party has taken place. Um, it's very difficult for um, a government. To focus on the the big issues that affect people, you know, the, at the moment getting through the rest of the uh, COVID pandemic, making sure that the health and social care system um, is uh, yeah, it can recover from uh, the pandemic and mm. catching up with that backlog of COVID, uh, get the backlog of non-COVID yeah. care, for example, cancer care, getting on with uh, dealing with the cost of living challenges. That, but that's uh, going to be uh, months before the, the the government can really deal with that. If there's a whole leadership contest, I mean, it's going to be a minimum two months to do that. In England has dropped the Plan B measures today, including face masks, if we move on to to COVID and the pandemic. As a doctor yourself, that must seem quite mad. I mean, it's pretty simple to wear a mask. And yet, even that has gone. I mean, you know, you could argue that work from home can go as the numbers come down. But why get rid of something so basic as mask wearing? Well, speaking personally, I I, I would uh, tend to agree with you. I don't see there is a a problem with um, you know, it would have been a problem with maintaining uh, a very modest measure, which would be you know, mask wearing on public transport uh, or in uh, crowded public spaces uh, going forward for a few more weeks because we still have quite a high level of Omicron. Um, the counter to that and the view that the government's taken, and, and actually they, they probably you know, have made the right calls. I would have been more cautious during this period of the Omicron, um, the Omicron uh, variant, but the government the UK government's probably made the right calls um, to a large extent, uh, has been to say that this, this um, due to the success of the vaccine rollout due, and uh, due to um, the high uptake of the vaccine, vaccine in the UK um, and the fact that we have a level of herd immunity already, that mm-hmm. the Omicron variant will, was, you know, was, uh, um, was less of a threat. Um, and indeed, that has proven to be the case. Now, you know, the doctor, I've, I've seen the, the worst of this pandemic, you know, in, 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 in looking after people. So, you know, I'm very relieved that that, that, that has proven to be the case. Um, but probably, you know, a little bit of, lot, little bit of extra mask wearing for a bit longer while we've still got high numbers of cases probably would be a sensible measure. Um, yeah. And uh, it's now obviously people's choice to decide whether they want to do that or not rather than being mandated. Yeah, and aren't we thankful to you and all doctors in the UK for that work? Um, look, one last thought. Has the libertarian wing captured the Conservative Party, i.e. all freedom, no responsibility? Does that change if Johnson goes? Um, I mean, I, I'm a one-nation Conservative, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, on, I'm on the... the I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I believe in supporting personal liberty, um, and that, but I also believe it's the balance to be struck um, between, uh, you know, personal liberty and a, co- a sense of collective um, responsibility, or, or, or if you like, a social contract to uh, other people who live, uh, we live in society um, with. Um, and um, my 
my view is that the you know if if, if Boris Johnson were to be were to um, you know fall under a Boris bike today, or, or if he were to be taken out by an avalanche of letters to the chairman of the 1922, um, then um, the um, the next uh, leader um, when when that person uh, emerges needs to be somebody who is of the you know the one nation uh, tendency who can appeal um, and govern for the whole of the country and that's not mm-hmm. just um, not just for England we have very important issues in terms of um, you know the the union at the moment and the debate yeah. about the future of the United Kingdom as a whole yeah, yeah. it's important that uh, whoever um, whoever a future leader or prime minister is um, has the ability to appeal um, and reflect that um, across uh, all, all, all parts of the nation. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight, athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Now, for more on what's happening in the world of politics, we're joined by our very own Leanne Gerrans. Good morning, Leanne. Look, uh, as we await the Sue Gray report, on the lighter side of things, there's been a lot of talk about this idea of the Prime Minister being ambushed by Cake at his Downing Street birthday celebration. What is this particular bit of spin? This is such a funny bit of spin, actually. And the comment by Tory MP Connor Burns really sparked all of this, Caroline. He said Johnson was ambushed with a birthday cake while working at number 10. And this has sparked absolute ridicule online. So if you go on some of your social media feeds, I'm sure you've seen a little few of these memes pop up. The Northern Ireland minister was fiercely defending the prime minister, saying he was sitting, he was working at his cabinet desk. And what actually happened as he came back from visits when people, including his wife Carrie, came in with a Union Jack flag-styled cake, which I guess is very fitting for the Prime Minister, and they were singing happy birthday to him. The point is, Connor Burns was saying that this was not a premeditated organised party. It was a Mm. surprise just sprung on the Prime Minister, and you know, he didn't really know what to do about it, and that's exactly why he was there. Um, Nigella Lawson got involved in this. I don't know if you've seen some of her cooking shows I have. I'm an awful baker, but anyway. And she was saying that Ambush by Cake, it just has to be the title of my next book, with Connor Burns replying, it's yours if you want it. Could I include my granny 
Lee's Christmas cake recipe. Nigella quickly quipped back saying, this is too meta. Plus, you think it's a joke. That says it all. So the party gate scandal Mm -hmm. is in somewhat getting out of proportion now. I think it's fair to say that. And social media is using it as a joke. Mm -hmm. And it's not, Caroline. We know there are serious implications when it comes to this. Yeah, I mean, the joke belying quite a lot of fury uh, up and down the nation, I suspect. Uh, We're also watching the outcome of the Met investigation. And just it's pretty extraordinary. Yes, it is extraordinary indeed. And if police decide to interview Boris Johnson under caution, this will be the first time this would have happened to a prime minister. So this is kind of seismic, if you want to put it in that way. Firstly, we don't know how many events the police are actually looking into. There are reports it could be about eight social gathering events. And they want to know if these have breached the COVID regulations. So what happens once these COVID regulations are breached or people are found guilty of breaking the law. Under the Coronavirus Act, breaches are classified as summary offences. This means they do not come with a prison sentence, but are punishable by fines. So Caroline, it's kind of like getting a speeding fine for breaking the rules that must be paid on time or you could face being prosecuted and having to go to court. So it's a fine essentially, you've got to pay it. And in some ways, it's very straightforward investigation for the Metropolitan Police because Sue Gray's kind of done all the legwork and can hand over Mm. a lot of her details to the police force. However, once again, you know, we're going to see how this turns out and how damning the language is in Sue Gray's report and eventually in the Met Police's report. Leanne, thank you so much for bringing us up to speed on today's news. Yes, and what we're waiting for and what the whole of Westminster is waiting for. Thanks so much for that. Now, one group of MPs who haven't been shy in their criticism of the Prime Minister is the Scottish National Party. The party is calling for also an emergency financial package to support struggling families, aside from uh, the criticism of the PM. And Scots are heading back to uh, the office as guidance urging people to work from home is actually being relaxed uh, in Scotland. To unpack all of this, we're joined by David Linton, who is the SNP MP for Glasgow East. Look, firstly, let's start with your take on Boris Johnson. I mean, I suppose it's a question of how quickly you think he should go. Um, well, I think he should go immediately. Um, I happen to have the view that Boris Johnson is unfit for office and always has been unfit for office, Carolina. I find it rather bizarre that, you know, lying in the House of Commons is probably going to be his downfall when in many respects he's uh, had a litany of gaffes over his career, whether it's comparing Muslim women to Leicester boxes, talking of the war-torn city of, of Sut in Libya, saying that it could be the new Dubai if they just cleared the dead bodies away. And of course, unlawful actions, which uh, it sounds like he's going to be subject to. These are no new things. Boris Johnson is found to have unlawfully shut down Parliament as some sort of pinpot dictator uh, during Brexit. So I don't happen to think that Downing Street parties um, mm. are, are perhaps anything new. Boris Johnson has always been a charlatan, in my view. Um, and the fact that he continues to rule over Scotland okay. with absolutely well, no electoral mandate as a, as a shambles. Well, that, OK, the charlatan, that is your word. But Boris Johnson, I mean, to some degree, he was voted in with voters understanding perhaps some of his past. He had been mayor of London. And arguably, it's only a risk taker like him who could have come up with the vaccine. So in some ways, his legacy is going to be enormous. Um, no, his legacy will be someone who lied to the Queen and lawfully shut down Parliament, told people to stay at home, protect the NHS and save lives 
whilst he turned his own office into a frat house. And it was interesting listening to Leanne there talking about the fact mm. that, you know, if the police uh, find, uh, as I suspect they probably will, that Boris Johnson has broken COVID rules, that he'll be subject to a fine, I think the question that most of us in Westminster will be asking is, will he be phoning Lord Brownlow and asking Lord Brownlow to pay for his fine as well as his £840 roll of wallpaper? This is a Prime Minister who has taken his eye off of the job. He is not focusing on the biggest issues of the day. That is the cost of living crisis mm. and the incredibly uh, concerning scenes that we see between Ukraine and Russia. This is a Prime Minister who's asleep at the wheel and not getting on with the day job. So you want a package of measures to boost household incomes. I mean, we've just come out of one of the biggest uh, such handouts, uh, you know, support packages from the Treasury. What are you calling for? Is it realistic now? Well, I think one of the things I'm immediately calling for is some sort of low-income energy payment to, mm. to families. That could be perhaps identified by way of the council tax reduction mechanism. I understand what people say, that if you do a, a one-off um, reduction in VAT on energy bills, that would mean people like myself, for example, who are MPs on very handsome salaries, would also get that tax cut in their energy. So one thing that we could do is that emergency financial package that would target people on low incomes, because we know that the, the cost of living crisis is only going to get worse. Inflation is going to peak at somewhere around about 7% in April. And at the moment, the, the Treasury, as far as I can see, are doing nothing uh, to, to bring forward a plan for the cost of living crisis. They talk about the plan for jobs very often. But so far as I can see, Caroline, the only plan for jobs that the Chancellor's got at the moment is waiting to move next door when Boris Johnson's ousted from Downing Street. Do you think that the national insurance rise should go ahead? No, I don't. Um, I have major problems with the hike in national insurance. I think that it's far too kind of across the board. It would tackle um, very much those on the lowest incomes, younger earners as well. Um, we, we've done, we've commissioned some analysis from the House of Commons Library, Caroline, which shows that if that NI hike was to go ahead, it would uh, take away about 20% of the pay rise that a band five nurse in Scotland would get. So that, that national insurance hike is being branded in some sort of way as being a support mechanism for the NHS. But what it in fact will do is take away money from nurses who have uh, quite rightly got a pay rise. Um, I don't think that is the right way of doing things. I'd like to see mm. us look, for example, uh, more at measures targeted on income tax for higher earners than a, a across-the-board national insurance hike, which I think would be a deeply regressive move. OK. Is there not a problem, though, here in, in the sense that there is an asymmetry? Nations and regions, including Scotland, can criticise, can restrict, add sort of restrictions that are economic burdens, but they can't raise taxes. There's no conclusive proof that Scotland's COVID actions were actually better, had a better outcome than England's particularly. So what would you respond to that? No, I'm not sure that that is actually the case. I think that if you go and you interrogate some of the data, I think that you'll you'll see that Scotland has tried to take measures um, that are a bit more sensible in terms of the pandemic. I think, for example, that the UK was far too late to lock down. I mean, there were still days and weeks of flights coming in from Italy to the UK at the beginning of the pandemic. So, yes, there are things that you know Scotland can do in terms of its limited public health measures. Um, but in reality, a lot of the, the, the big levers that we would have liked to have pulled uh, during that pandemic, uh, particularly the early days of the pandemic, were not within the gift of the Scottish Government. So, for example, yeah, if, if you're going to lock down the economy, then you've got to have a furlough scheme in place. You've got to have the ability to control your borders. In reality, we in Scotland did not have to do that. And as is often the case, Caroline, we were operating with one hand tied behind mm. our back. So mm. 
Um, yeah, there are a lot what? more things I think we would like to have done during the pandemic, but I'm afraid we did not have the powers as a result of the broken union we're in and that very Did unhelpful constitutional situation we're in. On, on the specifics of um, the most recent Omicron hit, did Scotland jump the gun then on measures there? England perhaps has been proven right in terms of a more relaxed approach, which has perhaps paid off economically. I mean, lots of criticism in Scotland about the rules on nightclubs being too harsh, etc. Well, I think the, the important thing to see here, Caroline, is that the measure of success in terms of how you deal with Omicron in my view, isn't just in terms of the economy, it's in terms of admissions to hospitals, it's in sure. terms of mortality. Um, I think far too often during the course of the pandemic, we've, we've focused entirely on the economy. Um, so, you know, if locking down a bit earlier in Scotland and, and tightening up restrictions um, managed to kind of stop the NHS from Scotland falling over, or indeed it saved lives, then I think that that was a, a risk worth taking. So- um, I just don't so think no regrets about the Omicron measures in Scotland? Uh, no, I don't have any regrets at all about the Omicron measures in Scotland. Um, it's interesting, I mean, over the course of the last 18, 19 months, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, very few people in my immediate circle um, were hit um, mm. with uh, the, the coronavirus pandemic. Um, but in the course of the last six weeks, uh, my partner, my parents, my children, you know, everybody in my closest circle were hit with the Omicron variant. So I think it yeah. was right... Uh, to take contagious. those measures and, 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 and to try and, and guard against what was a, a deeply concerning variant that, that sadly has taken life. Bloomberg Westminster. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.